Good to be back, fellas. Good job last week, though. And wow, such touching words. That my my soul I'm it's tired. all fuzzy after. Sure, I really appreciated it. Orchestrate this shit. <laughs> In the meantime, since last week, Premier League came back finally. Uh, let's talk about the weekend first. First thoughts from the weekend, Jim. Uh, Watford. Um. First match, you know, uh, after they, you know, officially appointed Ole as the permanent uh, manager, it was pretty lackluster, to be honest with you. I mean, um, a win is a win is a win. Uh, the goal that Watford scored at the end was incredibly beautiful. Um, you know, it just it, it it never felt like it never felt like at any point in that game that Manchester United was in charge of that game. You know, Watford really had hold of the game and United finished uh the few opportunities that they had so um it uh it was it was good to get the win Tindall you watched that game a little bit didn't you a little bit yep I did uh thought it could have gone either way I only caught about half of it but um I did miss the goal at the end by Watford I had given up uh on whether or not they could take out United but, I mean, United, it's not like they didn't play well. So, I feel like they deserve three points. Yes, uh, I would agree. And then, why don't we just jump right into the disappointment on Sunday for Spurs. Brad? Indeed. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm a lot less disappointed with the Liverpool match than... I don't know, 95% of our losses this year. We have 10 losses in the Premier League. I'd say this one was the one I was least disappointed in out of the 10 losses. And Wow. It's because, it's because Spurs, Anfield is a tough place to play. Liverpool's top of the league. The league form for Spurs has been lackluster. Um, but a heartbreaker, and I thought, a heartbreaker like a this heartbreaker, was, yeah. it was a death punch. It, it hurt me bad yeah. by far. This is the worst I've felt all season. Interesting. Yeah, I was just happy with the performance, like the, especially the second half. They got into the mix a little bit in the first half, showed some life, but I thought the second half they controlled things. Spurs. I mean, they looked great. Um, they really did. They looked they yeah. look great. So, There's no denying that for the first time in this little while that they looked great. But I oh guess that's man, why that slow yeah. roller no. Aldevarel took a swing and a miss. Larice tried to get it one last Aldevarel whiff, and there go our points. It's okay, though. Yeah, it's, it's okay, though. Still in Destiny's fourth. in our hands. It's okay. Still in fourth. United lost today. Um, the sky is not falling, but I, I don't know. I was just encouraged. And I was at the Speakeasy. Shout out Speakeasy nice. in Grand Rapids. Hey, hey Speakeasy. With, uh, hey, Speakeasy. Jimmy and Helder and, uh, and Ed. Um, and it was just fun, even though, yeah, it was gross because there were a lot more Liverpool fans, as there always are, in that bar. Um, but it, it still felt okay, even with the gut punch. I don't know why why i'm actually optimistic coming out of that but weird yeah no i think there's definitely room for optimism with the stadium opening and they played well i was just 
saying it was sad is really my main point. Agreed. Agreed. The, the Liverpool-Spurs matches over the last couple of seasons have been a lot of fun to watch, if nothing else. Jim, do you want to talk about today, or do we want to? No, we want to stick with the weekend first. Yeah, we can. Uh, uh, we can talk about today um, as long as we're keeping it, you know, rooster and the devil specific here. Um, so I, I am saving a a total rant for later. Um, but today was, I mean, yeah, it's excellent. Um, especially if you're a Tottenham fan, right? So like, it, you guys are. Um, lot more comfortable sitting here this afternoon than you were this morning um but no it was uh you know the first 20 minutes we really took it to him we got that we got a nice goal um that shot from McTominay his first senior goal he actually has been he's been he's been with the club since he was I think they said six years old dang Um, you know and he's, he's and he's 22 so that's his first senior goal after being with the club for the last 16 years um, That's you know, it's epic. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy for him in that sense. Um, you know, we had some other opportunities. There, there was one before that goal that, you know, a Lukaku header that he put right at uh, Patricio. Um, later on, uh, Jesse Lingard had a, a – I mean, he was by himself for four yards and just, you know, di- tried to direct a header into the corner, and uh, Patricio made a nice save but should have been finished. Um, second half – Patricio again. Really, Patricio had a great game, but uh, the second half, Patricio made an incredible save on a uh, um, a cross. Came in from Lukaku, deflected off. Um, McTominay got to the end of it and drilled, just you know, drilled from point blank a header. Um, it would have been right to the right of Patricio, and he was coming the opposite direction. Made an incredible save on that. That's it's a really difficult save to make, especially you know in those wet conditions, skipping off the turf like that. So, um, hats off to him. Uh, um, some of the disappointing parts of that game outside of just the loss is so uh, they said that today was the last day that card accumulation matters. Like if you'd gotten past this day that they just forgive any card accumulation from the rest of the season going to the end of the season. I like that rule. So that's a great rule. Well, it will not it for being you, last, obviously, but in general, yeah. that's a great rule. <laughs> it, it being the last day, uh, that, that could have happened. Um, Luke Shaw got a yellow card um, that makes 10 for him, which means he will miss the next two league games, mm. which is West West Ham and Everton. That hurts. Um, he's been, mm. you know, kind of a mainstay now in left back. Um, and then obviously, you know, uh, Ashley Young getting a red card. And it honestly, both cards were deserved. It's just, you know, uh, um, it was a bad back pass from McTominay that put. Young in the position to make that tackle for that second yellow card, um, so he's going to be out um, for a game. So uh, missing the West Ham match, which means we're missing outside backs, which we don't have a lot of to begin with. And the last disappointment, outside of just the loss from that game, was the second goal. Um, you know, it's ruled an own goal off of Smalling, but it was a good setup from from uh, 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 Wolverhampton. You know, they. Uh, for having a man up, um, Man United actually did get quite a few chances, but they, uh, you know, Wolverhampton played nice ball into the box, came down, uh, and if you watch the highlight, um, it's it just comes down to like in, like a scrum in the middle, and De Gea comes out and literally just opens his body and turns his head like Jesus. <laughs> I, I I need to say this within the, within the context that you know for a lot of. Uh, the last six years since Ferguson left, De Gea has been the only 
or the, the consistent bright spot. He's been uh, the one world class player. He's that the you can only point thing that Mourinho season. couldn't couldn't touch in goal. They have one job, <laughs> you know. Yes. <laughs> uh, but this this season, he has seemed like he's made great saves, and then there's been games where he's just seemed disinterested. And a player of like uh, he had a play earlier in the game that was also bonehead, but a player of his caliber, um, you know, his distinctive level to to I don't know. I mean, to take your dick out of your hand a little bit uh, to, to get show a lack of self awareness. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's trying to be it's funny. Okay. I feel like it, no, it's, it hit it like is, a light bulb. Sorry. It, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, Jimmy's just it, disgruntled. It, it, it's, 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 so the Wolves have I beat get, you guys twice in a row. Uh, what, what do you see on them? Uh, What's? I'm excited to see them good. It's it's fun to me. They are good, man. I watched the whole, almost the whole match today. Nice. What were your thoughts? Yeah. I thought that when United had a chance to link up a couple of passes, they looked good. But I thought Wolves mopped up all the possession. I mean, and and while doing it, just looked dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. I thought Smalling actually played well, even though it was the own goal. I don't know. Who is Smalling? I don't know anything about him. He's captain, isn't he? Um, he was today. I think he served. He served as captain today. Um, Ashley Young's been captain quite a bit this season but technically the club captain is still antonio valencia fucking um, valencia yeah but no, small fuck small, that guy man who's that guy back, smalling, smalling goes back <sighs> to alex ferguson he's been around for quite a while um, okay yep. well I, I thought he played well today um it, it, you know they were up against the wall most of the most of the second half but yeah wolves just you know linked up play even they looked dangerous before the red card before the 10 men uh i thought just beautiful first touches. Just looked a step ahead uh, for whatever reason. So, I don't know. I thought it was a deserved victory. But um, to go back to Antonio Valencia, Valencia is, um, yeah, I, I believe a left back, Jim, or is he right back? He's been right back for us. Okay. Yeah, he, he's he's a beast, Maiko. He his tackles are vicious, but I find that he's a little bit too professional of a fowler sometimes, Got it. and just decides to take motherfuckers eh. out, and it makes me very angry. Sure. I mean, sometimes you do got to take one for the team in the right moment, you know? A good defender will do that. It's true. Yeah. Very true. And he is a good defender, certainly. I think the other uh, news of the day, unfortunately, is Tim Ream back to the championship where he fucking belongs. Oh, Tim Ream. Fulham relegated 4-1 in Fulham fashion, giving up four goals. They really got reamed, didn't they? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so good. It really, uh, I mean, offense is just reaming them all year. He's re- 76 goals, I think, so far allowed. Wow. We were watching that. I think that'll set the 38 record if they allow like five or six more goals, I want to say. I thought it was in the 80s. With Tim Ream at the helm, I would Tim not Ream. understand. Uh, not, not, a, <laughs> not a single league shutout. It's amazing. It's amazing. Bad. Are they? No, they're not worse than Huddersfield. Huddersfield is terrible. They only have a couple more points than Huddersfield. I think they're more exciting than Huddersfield. They're more but, offensive potential, maybe. Yeah, they can score. They can score more goals. Yeah. You know what yeah. I really liked about this past year? The relegated teams, some fall very low in the championship the next year. Like I'll be interested to, to keep watching Huddersfield. I think they stink. Like they're going to be mid-table championship, right? Maybe, man, but they stayed up last year. Hmm. 
stayed up for a year. Hard to say. So, uh, so there's just one spot up for relegation now, 18, and it's a pretty close race. But Cardiff City definitely leading the way, 28 points. The next above them in 17th, Burnley with 33. <sighs> Southampton has 33. Brighton has 33. Newcastle seven above the drop at 35. Uh, there are a couple big relegation battles this week. So Southampton picked up. Oh, this is a big game. Southampton, Brighton. Southampton got three points there. That's huge. Yep. And then Burnley beat Wolves 2 nothing. That's right. I actually watched. Yeah. Go ahead, Jim. No, I was just going to say that was huge for Burnley, just uh, just in a, in a point sense. You, um, if they don't get that win, uh, you know, Cardiff with the games in hand um, could be in the driver's seat for 17. Burnley getting that win there, especially against Wolves, um, is huge for their chance to stay up. That's all I was going to say. And this actually brings up the other Sunday game, Cardiff-Chelsea. That was heartbreaking for Cardiff. Cardiff should have had at least one point there. They should have had probably all three. Insane. Uh, first goal I, for Chelsea heard, too. Yeah. He's what two two feet offside. I did actually watch. I watched the end mm-hmm. of this game when Chelsea came back. I saw both Chelsea goals. Heartbreaking. Cardiff should have definitely I heard had officiating it. issues. There were, I but I mean, undeniable pressure from Chelsea the last twenty five minutes. You know, like you can't. You can hate them for those goals, but you really can't just because they were deserved. Even if you know. The refs, VAR would have changed things. We'll say that for sure. Fair. It's coming. Winter is coming. Yeah. Winter is coming. I don't know how I feel about VAR. We'll, we'll see next year, I guess. Should be interesting. I watched the Southampton-Brighton uh, match, a lot of it. I don't remember why, but whatever else was on, I didn't feel like watching. Maybe it was Arsenal. Uh, you know, uh, Southampton's yeah, it was a good match. They are. Yeah. Yeah, they looked good. They looked like they deserved it. And I love the Seagulls. I would have preferred to see Brighton win. Uh, Just FIFA and, like, Dunk and Duffy, these hilarious, like, really English names who are huge, goony defenders, and Sonny March, this young English player. I don't know. I like their squad. Uh, Knockart is on that team. We talked about Uh, uh, Knockart missing that penalty in the championship match. Uh, He's on that team, and, yeah, I played a couple seasons with him in FIFA, and I just... I think it's a cute name, the Seagulls yeah. and Knocker Amex had Stadium. a ridiculous yeah. goal earlier this season that I retweeted. I'll have to pull that up again. He's good. He has flashes of, of goodness. Not brilliance, so, but goodness, for sure. It, it's crazy. On Saturday, I was looking at the schedule, and Brighton is playing Man City in FA Cup. <laughs> it's funny Semi-final, that they're still there. Right? <laughs> And so are Wolves. Yeah. Wolves-Watford, which is an excellent matchup on the other side. That's a Very great cool. great matchup. Um, so on the weekend, Saturday, the slate of games is not actually very appealing at all. I'll probably watch Burnmouth-Burnley at 10. And then Huddersfield plays Leicester, which, you know, mid-table versus already relegated. And Newcastle plays at 10 as well. So maybe I'll watch Almiron against uh, Crystal Palace. There you go. Yeah. Crystal Palace coming off a loss. To whom? <sighs> Spurs tomorrow. Oh. oh, yeah. New stadium tomorrow. We'd be very remiss if we didn't talk about that and what that means. And what having a telework on w- day on Wednesday really means to me personally with Premier League. It's fantastic. I've got a call, so I'll... 
have it on in my headphones while watching the first half, but the second half will be pure, unadulterated eye-fucking of the game. Sounds wonderful. I know NBC is going to carry the entire opening ceremony and all that good stuff. Oh, really? And have all the angles. Yeah, so they're going to start at 2 o'clock. 2, um, okay, good to know. I would have turned that I'm bitch jealous. right on at 2.45. I'm jealous of you. I have a one-on-one with my boss at three o'clock. Should take a half hour, mm. so that's probably during. It's not movable. Yeah, first half. It's really not movable. I also have a two o'clock, so I'm going to miss probably most until the second half. Um, but it'll still be there. Yeah, I mean the first half, even on the conference call, I might have to talk on it. So I'll probably only be half-assedly watching. I'll see the goals and I'll just be quietly on the conference call, going like, "Oh." Ah, I'll be on mute, of course, but of course. But Make I sure still, even when I'm on button. mute, yeah, I'm like cautiously on mute. Generally, always. <laughs> anyway, Sunday, the other FA Cup game, a must-watch. I'd say at 11 a.m. Watford Wolves. And and you, so is this just a one game, and then there's overtime and penalties, or what's the deal at this point in FA Cup? Semifinals, so it probably is full time, extra time penalties, Jim. Yep, that is correct. No, uh, no replays at this point. And then uh, actually a super fun game at nine oh five too, which I'll definitely watch if I can on Sunday. I should be able to. Everton Arsenal. I think everybody here on this call is clearly rooting for Everton, which is kind of fun. And they did actually they beat somebody last week, someone good, right? A West Ham. West yeah. Ham, yeah. They look yeah. great Two against West Ham, actually. I yeah, watched that, was, that match. Yeah, that, was, that was in East London. Always throws me off West Ham in East London. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. West Ham, East London. Which brings up the other point, Tyndall. Have you ordered your ticket yet? Ha. You've said it like ten times on the podcast. If you don't go, I'm just going to be like, he's never going to go. I'll never believe you again. That's fair. So, actually, we'll give him the listeners a little... Backdrop here. Uh, Tyndall has been saying probably since I don't know what, Jim, November, December, yeah, August. Uh, saying it, yeah, I would say like it's been since the beginning of the year. I would say like last summer, he was like this, you know, he's like I'm gonna make it to the new stadium at some point next season. But that, like to be fair, in his defense, like he got pushed back, so sure now the opportunities are fewer and far between. Five but, to be exact. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's getting tight. I, I tried to make the argument that even being around the stadium, the aura of the new stadium, going to a soccer bar right next to the stadium to go watch the, the first couple games, like go watch a Champions League lit game, like in one of those soccer bars that we're so happy about here. Imagine how good they are over there, and just feeling the aura of Spursdom would be cool in and of itself. If you're any. Go, Jim. That's a mis. That's I'll say. That's a misnomer. There's no such thing as a quote unquote soccer bar. They're they're right. literally all that's what soccer bars. It depends on depends on what supporter oh, even better uh, group you walk into. You can go into a chill so. spot then and watch the game. Yes. Yeah. There's. It, it was. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, I would. I would do it all over again. It was a little scary. Um, just because everyone everyone's so intense. We never gotten into your trip. What What was your trip? Name all the stadiums and everything. <laughs> One stadium, uh, because to be fair, it was on my honeymoon. Ah. But I told my wife, if if, if we're going to be in London, I got to catch a game. And uh, the only game we went to was at Selhurst Park, 
in 2016 between uh, Crystal Palace and Norwich City. Sweet. And we sat in the supporter section for Crystal Palace, which was incredible. Um, their fans are truly amazing. Um, and Palace won one nothing. Um, Jason Punchin um, hit a curler from just outside the 18 uh, on the south end of the field, and it was it was wild. It was right in front of the supporter section, and they literally sang like at the top of their lungs nonstop for like a solid 10 minutes after he scored. It was. It was like no sporting event I've ever been to. Sounds amazing. Um, Wonderful. Brad, yes. what you should do is just go and then go to a Derby City game. Derby or Derby County. Put that on the sketch. Yeah, that's a little bit of a drive. Um, is but it? It, it is something I want to do. Yeah, trains. Just do something close. Like something on the South Shore looks kind of tight. We'll see. I've heard, we'll see. I've heard good things about oh. down there. Brighton's on the South Shore, yeah. Uh, hmm, yeah, they might be. They are. Yeah, they might be. What's the actually? background behind Cardiff being the only Welsh? Or, yeah, it's Swansea, Swansea City was in the Premier yeah. League for a couple seasons. Also, why Welsh, are only like um, one or two in? Like, what's the deal with that? There's only a good. There's only a couple of good ones. Um, I I think there is like an actual Welsh um, uh, professional league. Oh, so there are, f- are there a few Welsh teams in Championship in League One? Uh yeah, I mean the the really the only ones I can I can name off the top of my head are, are Cardiff and, and Swansea, but I know that I'm pretty sure that there's more than that. I'm gonna be beside myself when I think of what they are. But you know, I yeah. finally stumped you on something. I feel like every question I've ever asked you on here, you're just like, oh yeah, blah 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 blah. Facts, facts, facts. So you know, it's ca- categorically <laughs> not true. Like uh, God forbid, <laughs> God forbid anyone actually cared enough to like listen like regularly to our podcast because I feel like sometimes if I got fact checked. Like I'm just going off of like, like memories. It all sounds so. good, Jim. Yeah, I like it. Yes. I mean, it's more than I, I know. Like so I'm, I'm still learning. You know, just like I'm how I'm teaching my kid. I'm sure she's getting some major bullshit out of my mouth, but most of it's fine. Most of it's good. Oh, even so. My my kid farted the other day, and she blamed it on the dog. And good I was move. like, well done, smart well kid. Done, <laughs> I still blame it on Anyways. the dog for fun. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see, by the way, on the stadium. I don't know. Uh, I was going to go to Huddersfield on the 13th, and then my go-live changed at work, and some other stuff changed with the stadium and the way it was setting up. Um, so I'm looking at the Brighton match on the 23rd now, which would be a midweek Tuesday game, and maybe less demand. And I'm going to probably try and get tickets, but the flights is the problem. The flights jump like a week and a half out, but the tickets go on sale like the day after the flights jump per Google. So it's tricky. I got to buy the flights if I want to just risk it. I I entered this Twitter thing to try to get you Champions League tickets for Man City next week. Would you pay the cost? Could you go to that game? Because I think I was looking at the stories. We have a chance at winning those tickets. Because I told our friends Poop Story playing Guitar Hero. Yes. Yes. That was yes. that was an excellent story. If yeah, if if that goes through hypothetically, maybe. I it's if it's I possible. get the tickets, next Tuesday, though, you have isn't it next go, Tuesday? Because I can't go. Yeah, I mean yeah. that would be intense, we'll man. That would be intense, like the city fans. I don't know. At your it's own be stadium? Crazy. Dude, I'm 
I am going to be intimidated by the experience. I'll just be because I it's just a different level, um, dude. If you, but no, yeah, you're at I'm home. Cautiously excited, I know, but still, still, um, yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I'm, I'm making every Are you effort scared to make of being it. called a plastic. I don't know what that means, so but, no. Well, he can't like. Tottenham fans can't be plastics. Even what's a plastic? They, so like, I feel like plastic applies more to like um, city fans that joined circa 2010. Since so like teams that came into newfound incredible wealth and started to have success immediately afterwards, and those fans joined at that point, mm-hmm. like. That feels plastic. Uh, I feel like a little cult. plastic as a, a Tottenham fan sometimes, if I'm being honest. But you guys aren't, but you guys, but you guys aren't spending money. Like, you can... Um, but I feel I almost feel bad for not picking a team out of the top six sometimes, you know? Well, you picked yeah. number six, so... Well, I mean, when I started watching was this year, and they've been, uh, you know, three, two in the title hunt. Love to get back there. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't. I don't know if I'm concerned about that. I just, I just want to. Yeah, I just want to just go to a match and stay quiet and just yeah. uh, not stay quiet, like as in yelling. But that's what it'll and be. Just take though. it in. You'll just take it in. Fit in. I mean, in the end, I think it's just a sporting event. If you're quiet to yourself, like no one's gonna mess with you. I know. I just want to have a level of respect for the supporters who, it like, if I do to go fight, to a yeah. match. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not so much that. It's more so I, I want to make sure I'm, you know, being respectful of whatever, the traditions. These people You are. Live you know in more Tottenham. about Spurs history than anyone I've ever met. Like, you'll no be way, fine. No way, dude. Not these people. I these haven't are, met these so people, many people live in Tottenham. They live in Tottenham. Like, there are 44,000 season ticket holders who literally live in the proximity. So I'd be a small majority of people who's flying over, paying a bunch of money to come and see Still a match. A and I just want to fit in. Yeah, and, and I you just will. Want You're to be a likable guy. You like Spurs. You know Spurs history. Like, you'd be fine. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I am going to make every effort to go. Yeah. But. I think, honestly, you could probably, like Chris from the Wolves podcast a couple episodes ago, you could make contact with the supporter over there. That would probably be cool to you. I definitely will do that on Reddit um, shortly thereafter. Are you on uh, Reddit 100%. backslash C-O-Y-S? Oh yes, I love Every it. Day. Reddit, it's good. Reddit soccer it's is top notch, hard to beat. Solid content. Yes. So, what else is going on this weekend? Anything else exciting? So, Brad, I actually had a question about what your take is on how Christian Eriksen is playing. Uh, we get about this. We get. We talk about this on the call that I had with Travis earlier. Um, you know, I think. My personal opinion is that the Spurs slide is definitely a little bit because of how Christian Eriksen has been playing lately, and I wanted to see what you thought about that. So two different parts or one part all wrapped in one? However you want to deliver. Sure. I would split them out. Uh, I don't. I don't think that the reason is for uh, the reason for the slide overall is is him. Although he is the engine that makes us go creatively going forward. I I do think when it comes to him, yes, I would say since January, he has been underwhelming for his standards. The way that he played the last three seasons, I think this is a major dip. I wonder aloud whether the contract situation plays into this. The fact that he hasn't signed an extension, 
Um, you know, he's got one year left after this year, so there are rumors swirling with Real Madrid. $125 million is the last number I heard. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe that plays into it. I, I'm not too familiar yet. I'm still learning about player motivation and contracts, and what Jim has told me is that it, it just depends on the situation and the player. Some players do well when they have that pressure and, and the unknown and the ambiguity. Some players play like shit um, because they're checked out. I don't know if it's because of that, but he's off for sure. I think you'll find Travis and I's conversation super interesting about Christian Erickson. I don't want to ruin it too much, but it goes into how you'd personally feel as Christian Erickson with your personality right now. And I, I think with that on my mind, personally, it would affect me as a player. Um, so I don't know. I don't want to get too that's, into it. Like that's I said. reasonable. No, that's that's reasonable. I think. I think that, yeah, that has to, to play into it. He's also not somebody who boasts, if you know his personality. In the Danish well, personality, this, yeah, yeah, he, he's not somebody who wants to draw attention to himself. He likes Spurs because Harry Kane can get the headlines, Daly Alley can get the headlines, when in reality he's a huge cog in the wheel and just as good as those guys huge in his own position, right? But he doesn't like the attention. If you watch him do interviews, he's very, very humble, um, and, and, and not cocky or arrogant. So, yeah, maybe that play has something to do with it. I don't know. But then I, I think he's not completely responsible for Spurs' slide uh, domestically. No way. And keep in mind, they're still in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. He's had some some good moments, not played as well, but I don't blame it all on him. Sure, that's completely fair. And since you brought it up, Champions League nearly back again uh, next Both the rooster and the devil still in it. Yes. Uh, Devils cool. play when? Wednesday, Jim? Uh, yeah. When, I just actually talked to Helder about getting together to watch the games because um, he works in Kalamazoo a lot. So, I will say, looking to me, looking at the schedule right now and flipping between Tuesday and Wednesday and seeing Man City or Barcelona, I'm kind of happy to be Spurs right now. Barcelona looks daunting. I think you're crazy. Uh, Spur, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, Man City, Man City is very good. I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that by any means. But I'd take Man City eleven times out of ten. Like, do you want to play Lionel Messi right now? I think he scored like something like what? He's on, he's on like forty some goals in thirty some total games all season. Like, oh, uh, and and add add to that like sixteen, seventeen assists. And that's that's just him, like there's nobody there's nobody not even not even uh, little blonde haired midget Sergio Aguero there's nobody on Manchester City that, that <laughs> intimidates me fake blonde hair <laughs> there's nobody that intimidates me like Lionel Messi like yeah you know I would I will, I will gladly take all of City and whatever machine they have going. Um, especially because they have like some sort of mental block in the Champions League, um, versus I hope so versus like the the destroyer Lionel Messi in a heartbeat. I wonder what the Spurs will march out there against City on Tuesday. What do you think, Tyndall? I lineup mean, that's wise, why lineup wise, yeah, we have our best lineup available with the exception of uh, Dyer, right? He's been trying to do the the back three thing with the wingbacks, and 
and he always switches back to a back four. I think you should. Uh, I don't even want to think about it, man. I'm I'm absolutely terrified to play City. It's sad to me that Llorente uh, comes off the bench before Lamella. Now, I think Lamella almost lost a rotation spot recently, right? More or less with Lucas, yeah, yeah, and Daly Alley back, yeah. And then uh, I don't know. What about you on uh, Wednesday, Jim? What do you think you guys roll out there? Oh, well, I I promise you, you're gonna see Luke Shaw and Ashley Young play since they're serving some uh, suspension <laughs> time, you know, in the Premier League. Um, so that's almost a lock. Uh, I, I'd say at this point, Lindelof is a lock. Um, you know, Smalling has played uh, the best of any of the other center backs, so he'll probably play. Um, Pogba's a lock. Uh, Rashford, Rashford will be out there, I think, as a center striker. Um, hopefully him with, up there with Martial. Um, and I, mean, I would say uh, Lingard, even though he had kind of a quiet day today. Um, and, I would, and I would keep Lukaku on the bench for, you know, as a super sub. But Pogba in the midfield, I think Matic in the midfield as cover. Um, and it's I, I, I'm always stumped because I think Fred has played well in Champions League games and he looks just so out of his depth in the Premier League games and it doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, but you'll probably see, you know, if he's healthy, you'll probably see Herrera out there um, who personally... I'm not a huge fan of, um, so I, I think that you'll see a lot of the same, um, a lot of the same that you've seen the last couple months um, out of a uh, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer Manchester United. I've got a very naive question here: Does Champions League end after Premier League? Oh, uh, the the final the final is yeah after the end of the Premier League yep. season. Yep. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. Yep. What about FA Cup? When's the end of that? I think the finals afterwards as yes, well. Yep. Oh. Huh. The reason I know this is FIFA career mode. Ah, interesting. <laughs> the the finals are all always after the last Premier League game, even with reschedules typically. Speaking of after Premier League season, I got an email from the International Champions Cup today. Real Madrid versus Arsenal at FedEx Field. I don't know if I want to go to that. I don't think I'm going to go to that. Yuck. Shoot me in the face. Shoot yeah. me directly in the mouth. Modric, though, would be kind of fun. A little heat. It's What's cool because it's in situation? your town. You know? Yeah, but anyone but Arsenal. That's not going to be the team I see. Say it's a, anyone but Real Madrid. It's a it's a preseason tournament, so you don't even know like who you're actually going to get. Yeah, I don't even care. Yeah. I don't care about it at all. I can't care about International Champions Cup. I want to, but I just, for some reason, I just can't. It's worth going to, though. Like, I really regret not going to Minneapolis to see Spurs last year because at least Harry will be on the bench, you know, and around, and you can see the players and kind of feel like a quasi-experience. But it is a friendly. It's a good point. It doesn't count for anything. Did you see the article about Harry... It was, I thought, very inappropriately named, and I know you saw this article. Um, it was something about him wanting to be a field goal kicker, then, but it ended up being this like beautiful, in-depth piece about Harry. Um, yes. 
What were yes, your well, thoughts? that's to get that's to get clicks because the media yeah. is a whore. Yeah, because so wanted the, to get the, the American headline, clicks. So the headline was Harry Kane wants to be a NFL field goal kicker after he was, uh, you know, after his career in the Premier League. But it ended up telling his whole history and everything. I don't know how much specifics you remember about it. I didn't tell you to read it before the podcast, but do you remember? It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Yeah, it talked about his time uh, even with the Arsenal Youth Academy for a year, and then they got rid of him at, like, age eight, um, and that he, you know, ended up, Wanting, having wanted to go to Spurs, ended up at Spurs. Talked about how he went out on four different loan assignments and wasn't mm-hmm. breaking through the first team. There's a manager turnover. They gave him a chance. Where did he get loaned uh, to? He went to. I think he went to Norwich, and I think he also yeah. went. I know he went to Millwall for sure. Mm-hmm. And those are the only two offhand that I can honestly remember right now. Um, Interesting, but it's cool because like the Millwall fans will actually. We played them in the FA Cup, I think, and they like cheered him um, because of you know he was he was part of. He actually helped them from uh, relegation. I'm yeah, sure he, he was helped them from relegation. There. It was Harry cool. Kane at Millwall. Like y- you know, he was killing it. Yeah, and it also talked about how he was described as in the Arsenal scouting report or report as like a chubby a chubby goon basically yeah, like he was a chubby part. goon and like and it's true if you look at like young harry kane and he wanted to be a keeper at that time um it's just funny to see where he is now so oh I yeah it was a great a article <laughs> yeah yeah as he yeah his, his he's got a thick accent too he's tough to follow um but oh, he just got no, his mbe yeah what was his whole deal he was at the palace this weekend or some shit Yes, he got a MBE, member of the British Empire, which is an honor, uh, kind of like a, I don't know some honor. something Obama, you know, or <laughs> Trump would would give to some citizen. Um, but it's kind of a big deal. There are like three different categories. That's one of them, and it's for his services to football, basically. I think for the World Cup, captaining the World Cup, and all that stuff. But you know what? You can say whatever you want about Harry Kane. Um, he's proven nothing other than seems to be a good guy. I, I hope there's never a story that contradicts that because it certainly looks that way. And, hey, root for the guy because he works hard. Uh, he sets a good example. He works his ass off. Um, and we've talked at length about him not being athletic and, and coming up with skill in other areas to make up for it. And I just love him. Sure, but you have had a past experience in your life where a man has looked perfect on the outside. I'm talking about a man named Tiger Woods. <laughs> Very true. That's quite a jump, too. Very true. I'm sorry. I, just kidding, really. Hey, you know what? Perkins waitresses? I don't know, man. I don't know. So, we want to get to rants, or we want to? We have a couple more other areas to cover? I don't know how much more we have to cover. I actually have a... It's a 35-minute clip going behind this, so we could probably jump to rants. Jim, I can't wait for yours. Ladies and gentlemen... Jimmy Carn has been stewing on this for, I think, actually only four hours. But we asked him to please wait before he exerted himself with his special wound. devil rant. All right. Here is the devil. So uh, today was the first time in probably five years that I watched a game with, like, the same expectations that I had growing up in I I would I've been spoiled as a football fan and I will be the first to admit that um but I've also been kind of, you know, um pretty open and honest about what Man United has been the last 5 6 years. Um and I think that I was right there with all the rest of the supporters 
um, and, you know, enjoying the emotional appointment of Soulshire, if you will. Emotional? It was. It, uh, like, he, um, you wouldn't understand, and I don't mean that in a mean way, um, but, like, he, no, he wa- I don't it, understand. 20 years ago, um, he scored the goal, um, you know, in stoppage time against Bayern Munich to win us the treble in the Champions League. Um, uh, he is... Huh. He is, and no matter what happens with him as a coach, he will always be a club legend that will never change. Um, uh, it's cool. I like that. Legit. That having been yep. said, um, you know, I, I read a good article after he was appointed about, um, you know, when we fired Mourinho, we were promised that, uh, you know, a, a a serious and thorough search would be conducted that the best coaches in the world would be considered. And for all of the media talk anyways, that was that was true. Um, and Ed Woodward has been uh, just, in my opinion, awful um, in his tenure, just terrible choice after terrible choice, bad transfer practice after bad transfer practice. He is so out of his depth um, in his position as far as <laughs> as far as football is concerned. You know, uh, this is not where I expected this to go. It's brilliant. Keep going. Well, quit derailing me, and I'll, I will keep going. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> he's, he's so he's so out of his depth. Just encouraging. He's so out of his depth when it comes to soccer stuff. It's out of bounds. I mean, as uh, um, you know, as far as responsible to the shareholders for Manchester United. I, I get that. Um, just terrible. So we're promised a, a thorough search. And here we are, 99 days later, they appoint the caretaker manager. And, again, I'm not, I, I, I don't hate it. I like Ollie. Um, and I like what, what has happened. But I feel like what you, what you did was is you cut his balls off midseason because and now instead of all of that urgency all of that goodwill all of that like you know come on lads type feeling that he was pushing as a caretaker manager like let's live for today um as soon as you you know gave him the full role and and even if you wanted to give it to him you could have waited till the end of the season but by doing it midseason now all you've done is is gone right back to where we were we're now again, once again, we're looking to the future. So now, as soon as he was appointed, it was uh, we weren't talking about Watford or Wolves. We were talking about who are we going to buy in the transfer window in in, in the summertime, and and everybody just kind of lost sight. And like this, like I feel like you just you, you, you cut you cut the mom, the momentum off, um, and it just it just it just sucks. And and so like when you see a game like today, um, and take nothing away from Wolves. Wolves were absolutely fantastic. I uh, my, my hats off to them in both games we played. I'm sorry, all three games we played against them this year. Um, hats off to them. They they were fantastic. That having been said, you know if we're if we're serious about making a title push, it, all that sort of stuff, we lost that focus as soon as we made him permanent manager in the middle of the season off of a 19 game uh, sample size. It's it, it just goes to show that. For right now, and going forward, Manchester United has no drive to actually be successful. They just want to appease the stakeholders, and it's I, I am I am 
I'm pissed. Like I'm, I'm pissed. It was a, it was. It's a I, hot, I've hot never, take. I've no, I, I wasn't upset during the early part of the season with Mourinho. I was disappointed, but he basically told us he's like, I'm gonna sink this ship in the summertime. He's like, this team's gonna be terrible, and then they were. Um, so at least he was. Respect. Respect. At, least he was, at least he was honest about it. They're they're not terrible. Well, that, I, I can't believe you, you think no, they're no, terrible. No, 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 no. no he, like earlier in the season they were. Like the the results based on the talent. Um, you know, Mourinho intentionally sank it, and I get it. Like at least he was honest about it. But don't tell me that you're going to do this thorough search, that you're going to do all these things, blah blah blah. That things are going to be different, and it's no different than it was. You know, the last six years, and I'm. Uh, today I was disappointed for the first time in a long time. The first today was the first day I had. <laughs> oh wow! Today was the first day I had. This guy dark. Today the fir- it was the first day I had expectations of them, in you know a couple of years, um, like real, true, expectations, and I think that management. You guys were hovering around wolves level not that long ago, and now you're just a sour puss. No, I, I got to give Jimmy some credit if I can jump in just as a sure. retort or support. Retort. More support than retort. But I, it, Jimmy Jimmy has been a United fan since before I even paid attention to the Premier League. And he's never been terribly arrogant. He has these little moments where he giggles to himself and is um, <laughs> associated with being a fan of United. But I completely agree the last really three years or Mourinho's reign, Jimmy has been very honest and forthcoming with regard to the shortcomings that United have mm-hmm. had. Not saying that they're this world-class team like a city, like a Liverpool has been lately. Um, and they still haven't been horrible, but the last couple of years, Jimmy has been honest is all I'm saying about, about, Hey, sure. you know what? We're not, we're not uh, Jesus walking on the pitch right now. Yeah. For the so record. He's just speaking truths about Ali Gunnar, Shilsire. Yeah. Interesting. It's a good rant, though, Jim. It's a good one. Yeah. Epic. Michael? Um, I would like to go last. I gotta, I'm going to lead us into the interview. Fair enough. Well, I don't have a lot. I'm just, uh, again, been saying it for a couple of weeks, but very excited to see Spurs getting in the new stadium. It looks breathtaking, truly. Can't wait to someday, at some point, get there. I will be... Remiss to not say that I'm counting on the stadium big time. I'm I'm counting on it as a life force, if you will, for the team, for the domestic forum, for the Champions League. And it may not happen, and it makes me nervous. But I believe what Pochettino has said when he talks about the feeling that they have with the stadium, when I see him interviewed at halftime of the U18s and the glow he has and the energy he has um, about being back home and the supporters being there, and I'm hoping so much that it serves as a catalyst to propel them just to maintain that top four form. Um, who, who fucking knows? Maybe get by City. Probably not, but at least maintain top four. And it, it will be seen as such a big success heading into the first full season in the stadium where hopefully we're going to spend some money in the offseason. Um, so it's, it's just so vital that they stay in the top four with the new stadium heading into the next year, not only for the team existing, but for potential transfers, knowing that there's Champions League football at this brand-new, beautiful facility um, in North London, and I'm just really geeked. And I'm hoping hoping not to get hurt bad, but we'll see. I think well, that was beautifully said, just beautifully said. But, you know, what's nice is I think the... 
I mean, I don't want to be pessimistic about our chances, but worst case scenario is Europa League, right? <laughs> or out, man. Sixth place. I mean, you never know. Oh, sixth is out. There's no qualifying for Europa in sixth. Yes. Yeah, I, I believe that. Um, especially if, um, if Man City wins. Yeah, it depends. If Man right? City wins uh, the FA Cup, I think it'll go all the way down to seventh. I think it was on seventh for qualifying. Oh. So that's why they were talking about like seventh being so important. So like all the teams like they're still in it, like West Ham and Everton and uh, Wolves and Watford and Leicester. Um, you know, getting to seventh could mean Europe, but it could also be a death money for no, them. It could, it could yeah. also be a death sentence. I mean, you saw what, like Burnley finished in seventh last year, and now they're fighting out of relegation. So you never know. You know, it'd be kind of crazy. I wonder. I wonder if this has ever happened because Brighton is still in. It'd be crazy if they won FA Cup for Europa League but got relegated at the same time. I wonder if that's ever happened. But I digress. I think it has. I want to say Wigan. It happened too. W- Wigan won the FA Cup. That was awesome, dude. Yeah. So but good. I think. Th- I so think that. Somebody fact checking me for the love of God. Um, I think that they they also got relegated that same season. That was Roberto Martinez, um, who's now the coach for Belgium. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not gonna fact check you because I'm way was, too lazy. I was lazy calling for out that. to the twelve people that listen to this, <laughs> to the listenership. Yeah. I wonder if any is anyone still hanging on fifty one minutes in, and they're about to hear another half an hour of interview. I don't know. We'll find out. Seems unlikely. Please give us a shout at Rooster Devil. If you listen to this, if anyone has made it this far, just let <laughs> us know. We're curious. <laughs> Which leads me into the interview and my rant, actually. I did not want to do this interview tonight. I had... You know, long day at work, and I didn't know whether this is going to be a good interview or not, and just tired. And I got on the call, and it just ended up being a delightful conversation with another human being that cared about soccer, and the conversation was fun, and there's fun stories, and I don't know, it just gave me some weird energy to the night where I was very appreciative of the conversation, and I think that anyone that's still hanging on will appreciate the conversation um he sounds to me like he's 50 years old but this man's 30 years old and he calls himself old he has the audacity to do that um almost 32 you guys are both 32 plus jimmy how old are you Uh, i'll be 33 this year 33 when oh uh november sorry november uh yeah i don't know but it was just a Fun conversation in the end. All right, Travis. What's up, man? Oh, not much. Enjoying a nice old Tuesday evening. How about yourself? Uh, doing the same, although it's kind of a long day at work. Blah, 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 blah. Work stinks, you know, all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, if only we could, you know, just stay home and, and watch soccer all day. It'd be great and get paid for it, right? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be really nice. Did you watch any of the games today? I did not. I was unfortunately at work and wasn't able to catch any of them, which is disheartening. I try to record as much as I can and watch through, but work kind of takes up most of my time. Yeah, I uh, I did not catch the games today either. The other two dudes did. One's a big man, United fan. They lost 
Big life today. Yeah, big life. But um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got interested in soccer? So a little bit about me. I'm I'm married. I uh, have two daughters. One plays uh, club soccer for a select program here locally. Um, you know, I grew up. Uh, she is eight. Uh, she actually, this will be the first year she's actually played close to her age level. She's always played two years up. Um, so she's actually only playing a year up now. So we're we're kind of seeing the training and the and the plan to get summer competition payoff, which is great. Cool. Um, yeah, and she's on the little club team there, and you're in uh, Ohio, right? Cincinnati. Yeah, correct. Area. Cincinnati. Yep. Yep. Cool. So I uh, <clears throat> I actually grew up playing the game um, from the time lollipop all the way through high school. Um, you know, once I got old enough to be on select teams, I I was you know normally on premier teams locally. Um, you know, spent some time in the ODP uh, academies for the U.S. Uh, national, youth national team. Uh, what's the difference between those two categories you mentioned? Um, so premier club level locally, you're going to play for um, select clubs, and you're you're the highest level. So you travel more. You go to you know, out-of-state tournaments in Florida and Tennessee where you play regional teams almost. Um, so I played for a club called – Is that affiliated with U.S. soccer at all? Uh, no, it didn't used to be. I believe some of the clubs locally are now, um, but it did not used to be. Um, it was weird how it used to work out. You know, you'd, you'd play in some tournaments where you could tell scouts were there, and then you'd play in some where, you know, no one was in the stands. So actually, uh, I didn't get – uh, even viewed by U.S. soccer scouts until I was a U13, and I had been playing Premier for five years. Um, so I think now they're more kind of, uh, I know a, a kid locally here um, who from the time he was 12, the U.S. you know youth national team had their eyes on him, and he went to several ODPs, and they were at all of his tournaments. So it's definitely growing. Uh, you can definitely tell it's growing. Cool. Um so what uh, what years did you play soccer? What years was, this, was high school for you? Uh, I graduated in 2007. Uh, I did not play high school ball. I played uh, played select soccer in high school. Um, my high school is notorious for football. Um, so huh. I played, you know, uh, football, and then I played uh, in my spare time select soccer. So it was kind of, uh, you know, trying to overwhelm myself, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I graduated in 2007. Um, so – I'm old as hell now. I'm 30, um, which is crazy to say. But yeah, it was yeah. about uh, about 12 years I'm ago. Not, we're all older than you. I'm not, I'm only I'm about to be 32. <laughs> oh God! Well, I'm sorry. I'm I'm. I, if it helps, I feel 52. If that if that makes it feel better. That that does make me feel a little better. But you have uh, I did see I have a 10 month old. I saw that you had like a 15 month old or something. Yeah, yeah, she's actually uh, – she'll be two in August. Um, she's our little firecracker. She's a little special to us. We spent some time in the NICU with her. So, um, uh, you know, yeah, 42 days she, uh, with her in the NICU. Is she liking to soccer yet? She is. Uh, we She likes to sit on the couch or watch games with me. We uh, got balls all around the house. She likes to kick around, and she sees her sister doing it. So she definitely is taking an interest, uh, which is great. I mean, we, we love the game here. I mean, we watch it constantly. It's the one sport where I can get my wife to watch it, and she's not complaining the whole time. Nice. That's awesome. So how does, so what do you watch? Do you watch a little bit of everything? Um, obviously, I'm a Bessie I'm Cincinnati team ticket holder. Um, I'm definitely Tottenham supporter, um, so I don't watch Arsenal. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't, I don't watch uh, – <laughs> that's right. I don't watch uh, – 
I mean, I'll watch Everton every now and then. I watched him put the, the beat down on West Ham the other day. Um, yeah, that's fine. You know, and I find myself, you know, man, you, for people that, you know, may listen and don't know, man, you was kind of like the Yankees um, in Major League yeah. Baseball, you know. You love yeah. to hate them because they've been so successful forever, but you also understand as a soccer fan, like, you know, when this club is really good, the rest of the league is just way more interesting. And you have somebody to hate. You know, I try to find, you know, Obviously, don't like Arsenal as a Tottenham supporter. Not a big fan of City, uh, Manchester City, uh, sure. whatever. But when Man U is really good, it, it's kind of like you have that extra little, um, you know, little hate for them, and it makes the league just that much better. Yeah, yeah. It's nice for the uh, entertainment value. And I'm actually – I don't know if you've listened to other podcasts. I'm very new to the soccer fandom. Like, I've only been watching a year and a half, but I've gotten quickly addicted. Like, I, I played growing up, but – I started watching it. Really, the first thing that drew me in was no commercials, and then yep. the games were just amazing. And now I just consume every Premier League game that I possibly can. Absolutely, Premier League. And, you know, I watch La Liga and, and Bundesliga, of course, because there's so many youth sure. national guys from the U.S. that play in that league. And, um, of course, the MLS is great. You know, I watched, you know, Zlatan, you, you know, the other night and Portland against Portland and – you know, you watch the big stars over here. You can see the game is growing. Now, we, you know, you got some spots like Chicago and, and uh, Columbus where it's kind of concerning with, the, with their attendance numbers and the kind of the apathy the fans feel towards the club. But um, it's definitely growing. I mean, you know, 10 years how's ago. The, if you, how's the crowd in Cincinnati right now? Uh, raucous. Um, it's been like that. We went to the first ever USL game. Um, and we had about 13,000 people there. And now, uh, of course, the home opener we had, it was a sellout, standing room only. And then Saturday was kind of rough, man. It was, it was probably 25 degrees with 30 you know, yeah. mile an hour winds, downpour, and we still had 25,000. Um, MLS, uh, yeah, the start is it's a little cold, but it takes up. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, it, it helps that, um, you know, the supporter clubs, uh, the, uh, the supporter, you know, groups have been so influential with the other parts of the fan base. You know, you have what we call the Bailey, which is our big supporter section. Um, you know, they march to every game, you know, from Mecklenburg Gardens and, and all, you know, the bars locally and they're loud and they chant the whole game and it makes for a great atmosphere. You know, I've been to, been to soccer games where it's, you know, the pace of play is slower. The fans kind of lose interest and, it, you know, it can be boring, but, even, you know, Saturday, they, you know, they got thoroughly outplayed by the union, but still quarter uh, section was, you know, chanting and the fans were engaged. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes it fun. And it seems like Cincinnati is a nice size city for it because there's enough population to really get behind it. And they can still kind of control the city, you know, so this is a soccer town. For sure. And I mean, I think what people didn't realize before, you know, since I got the USL club was, you know, per capita, Cincinnati is always top 10 in the country in youth involvement in soccer. So oh, you've got yeah, yeah, and it's been like that for the last I guess decade. It makes sense so of like Akron, Akron just killing it. Like they're the top soccer program in the nation, right? Oh, for sure, they're one of, and they're there every year. And their base, you know, they they do have a lot of Jamaicans, and they'll they'll go outside. But I know a lot of local kids that have gone to Akron and played. Um, you know, we have a local kid on on the club now, uh, Nick Hagland, who's been you know probably our second best defender, you know, consistently throughout the, the early part of the year. Um, so we got that, you know, youth involvement and that fan base that came up, 
you know, loving the game and, and having to watch it abroad and watching the Premier League. And then when we get a club we can make our own, it's kind of just exploded. So, actually, I've got a good question for you about Cincinnati. I'm kind of curious. I did not follow how the MLS designated players to them to start their franchise. Do you have a, any idea of how they did that? How they designated players to for for the move to MLS? How did they build? How did they build the team for Cincinnati? I understood there's like a draft that they could pick from around the league certain players that were made available by other teams. Um, so when an expansion club comes in, um, every club gets you know targeted, allocated money, and general allocation money uh, to go buy players. And of course, you have the designated players where you can spend a little bit more. Um, and you can have three per squad. You know, those would be your, your Zlatans and your Wayne Rooney's. Yeah. 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 For us, it's, it's Fernando Adi, which, uh, today's news is not great for that. But, um, you know, we have Alan Cruz, who, um, one of the better teams, you know, in CONCACAF, you know, he was their best player. So he's one of our other DPs. But so the expansion clubs get more allocated money and targeted in general. And then you have your expansion draft. Um, and then, of course, with all the assets you get and, you know, allocation order and you're able to trade out of those. Um, you know, what's funny is, is, you know, I watched this team come together and I watched them kind of handpick. You know, you have Leo Bertoni, who played for Young Boys and has Champions League experience, and Alvis Powell, who was the starting right back. And, you know, he was one of the better right backs in the league. But, you know, expansion clubs make these moves, and it's like, oh, what are you doing? You know, you're crazy. What are you doing? And then all of a sudden the, the club starts coming together, and then you start realizing, you know, if yeah. the LA Galaxy were to went out and got Leo Bertoni, you know, that would have been a great move for them. But because an expansion club did it, it's like, oh, you know, it's not big enough star power. Sure. you got to imagine, uh, like, young players got to like playing for expansion clubs like that because they're going to get time. Time's all you want when you're young, you know? Oh, for sure. And then we saw that Saturday, you know, Frankie Amaya, our number one overall pick, who's, you know, on the youth national team and getting time there, he, you know, was able to get on the mm. field. Um, cool. You know, Alvis Powell is still relatively young. Uh, Leo Bertoni is still in his, you know, he's relatively young. Um, uh, and you see a lot of guys that get forgotten. You know, Darren Maddox is, you know, probably going to start a striker now for a while with, the, with you know, the Audi situation. But, you know, he was D.C. Knight's leading goal scorer last year until Wayne Rooney came. And then he kind of got lost in the shuffle, and, you know, FCC picks them up, and, oh, that's a terrible move. You know, he's not, you know, the lone striker you need, and he doesn't work well next to Adi. And really, if we're being honest, when he's on the on the pitch, the team has played better than when Adi's on the pitch. So, you know, What's his name? Mont, uh Darren Maddox. Um, he's a Jamaican national. Okay. Yeah, he's a Jamaican national, and uh, he actually got some time in their first international friendly last week. Um, That's yeah, he was actually, you know, D.C. United's leading goal scorer, like I said, till Rooney comes along and takes a spot, which, I mean, you know, to be fair, Rooney's class of skill is a lot higher than Maddox. It's just it is what it is. Um, but, you know, you get kind of throwaways and guys, excuse me, that have chips on their shoulder. And, you know, that kind of makes for a, a different aggressiveness on the pitch as well. Sure. Yeah, they're hungry. They want the win. Makes Absolutely. a big difference if players are willing to play hard. So that you also brought up uh, Jamaican national team, which is a good segue into U.S. men's national team. And I know you have a lot of opinions, a lot of strong opinions about the U.S. men's national team. So <laughs> I wanted to give you the floor for a little bit and just, uh, you know, tell us the current state of U.S. men's national team as you see it. 
talent-wise, you can see it. You can see how this, you know, team, when the World Cup rolls around or the following World Cup rolls around, this this is going to be a team that can actually challenge to move late into the competition. Um, I am – now, what, I don't want, what word do I want to use here? I guess I'm guarded against Greg Berhalter's uh, system so far. You know, it's a great word. I, yeah, I, I, uh, I try, you know, Tottenham, for example, Belly Ali plays left mid for them. He's a center mid all day long. You know, he's a distributor. But you yep. play guys, you play the best 11 you can get on the field. Yes, exactly. I mean, he's, he's my yeah, obviously always. favorite player. Play the but best 11. Play the best 11. Why? Yeah, that was annoying. It was it was not fun to see Tim Ream out there in the friendlies. It was oh. not fun to see Michael Bradley's bald head running around at this part of the friendlies. Like, play young people. Play young people, please. And my argument's always been, you know, this you want – to get these young guys time in, in, in international friendlies and in the Gold Cup, and because you want them to be ready when the World Cup rolls around, you know Josh Sargent yeah. and Tim Weah and and Carter Vickers and Greg Brooks, and I mean Brooks is getting time, but Carter Vickers isn't, and we saw you know Miazga who is a Chelsea Carter guy Vickers didn't even get a call, he didn't even get called in. Well, and the and the problem with that is is you know. Afron Alvarez and then Ledesma, two guys that are dual nationals who are trying to pick between Mexico and the U.S., you know, what's to say they don't pick Mexico just because they know they're going to be used properly? Um, you know, those are two youngsters that – They're a better team. They're a better team. Absolutely. Those, those two youngsters are critical for the U.S. to make sure that they come and play for the national team. But it's like you said, you know, playing Tyler Adams at right back and then making him go to center mid – on attacks, and it's like, I believe it was Alexi Alts that said this, you know, that's all good and fine against, you know, Costa Rica or, you know, Panama even. But when you play Mexico or you play, you know, you know, you run across Brazil or Argentina or somebody in the World Cup or the Gold Cup, they are going to make you pay. They're going to allow Tyler Adams to come in the midfield, and then they're going to leave the break. And, you know, as yeah. much pace as Tyler Adams has, you know, you get Neymar going Adams. down the line. Why would you not put your best player at center defensive mid? It's he excels there. He's like one of the top fifteen young talents in Europe right now. He, uh, it's for, I don't know. Uh, it was worth the for shot. sure. And ideally, this club, you know, this team plays a four, you know, four five one. You know, our strengths right now are in the the, the depth of the back four and the depth of the midfield and the talent there. So why not play a four yeah. five one? You know, or a four two three yeah. one like we see FC Cincinnati play. You know, Pear McKinney. At Adams at center mid, you know, if yeah. you think Pulisic is a ten, play him at a ten. You know, put Weya on the wing, uh, put Sargent up top. Pulisic anywhere. Pulisic with the national team jersey on is such an excellent player and a fantastic player to have. Exactly, and I think he's gotten a bad rap at Borussia. Um, of course, the injury doesn't yeah, help. He was, yeah. I, yeah. And I think I think I talked to a lot of Chelsea fans, and they're really excited to see him next year. Sure. Um, you know, I don't know whose place he takes, you know, maybe Willian um, or somebody like that who's aging. But Chelsea fans are excited to see Pulisic in the blue. Um, Why but, not? I mean, he's still so young. That's what we all forget. He's, what, 19? It's yeah, crazy. 19, 20 years old, and he's already pulled Champions League, you know, appearances and scored goals at the yeah. highest level of German football. And, um, I mean, he's, he's got an engine on him. He's, uh, yeah, he's fun to have out there. And, and sometimes he makes it look so effortless it may come across as lackadaisical and people don't like that. That's right. why I think 
a lot of people flock to Michael Bradley because, you know, he does play hard. I give Michael one thing. He plays hard. He plays consistent. But when you have guys that are more talented than him and they're younger than him and you're going to count on them in the World Cup, why are you running him out there in meaningless friendlies when you could be getting guys, you know, McKinney and Adams haven't yeah. played a whole lot together. If that's going to be your pairing in the midfield in the World Cup or the Gold Cup, they need to play as much as yeah. possible together. And, of right, course, and with the three years of chemistry. Yeah, for sure. And one year of chemistry. Like, chemistry is everything. It's everything. Well, and that's why you saw, you know, the Germans win the World Cup and then play so poorly in the last World Cup. They took a lot of those guys, and, of course, we can delve into the racism of that and the Turkish Germans or whatever. You know, but they leave a lot of guys off, you know, that were still young that had just won a World Cup. And then you get guys on the field together that have not played together, and they looked like a second-rate national team, knowing they probably had the most talent in the tournament. They, I mean, you know, you talk about France, you talk about Mbappe and Pogba, but, you know, and Griezmann. But still, Germany has the most depth out of anybody. But, And, I, I you know, I digress, but, um, you know, getting these young guys on the pitch at the same time, getting them ready for the World Cup. The Gold Cup, I don't expect them to win it. It'd be great to win it or at least make a deep run. But I want to see the young guys. I want to see Carter Vickers next to Miazga. I want to see DeAndre Yedlin put outside on, you know, outside back and let him run. I want to see Anthony Robinson. You know, I want to see McKinney and Adams paired in the midfield with Pulisic up top. And then, you know, Sargent is the lone striker. Yep. But unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see that. I think Berhalter likes his veterans. He likes the older guys. He's kind of guarded yep. against using the young guys. And, the biggest thing is is his formation and his tactics. Um, like I said, you know, that stuff's going to work against decent teams. You run across to Brazil, who has speed everywhere, you know, you know the kid from Real Madrid, and then you got, you know, Neymar. If Tyler Adams gets pinned in the midfield, now you've got, what, Tim Ream and Greg Brooks and maybe, you know, Miazga trying to, you know, trying to mark Neymar and, uh, what is it, Vinicius Jr., Coming at them full speed, that's that's really hard to do. So yeah, yeah, that, that that's right. Sounds scary. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I just want to get through the next qualifying. What, what about Olympics? Do you do you care about Olympics much? If they make it, I do uh, because it's a good it's a good gauge for what you are going to do in the World Cup. Now, you know, some countries may not send their A team to the Olympics, and they may not care as much. But you're still going to play top-level talent, you know, you got Mbappe and Griezmann up top for France. Their <laughs> subs in those positions are still better than the, anything the U.S. national team has. So, you know, you play those kind of, you know, teams in, in the, the Olympics, you're going to get a gauge of how good you're going to be in the World Cup. Right. Yeah. I mean, our team's young, like like you were talking about it earlier. The team that you want to see out on the field, I think, what is it, U23 for the Olympics? And then you get yes. three designated players over 23. I think that's what it was the last time. Yeah, I believe that's still the same. Yeah. But even then, you know, it's – unless you're going to pull Adams and McKinney down to the U23 level, it doesn't – I guess what my, my argument is it doesn't make sense to have Sargent and Wea and those guys on that U23 team now if you plan on playing them with the senior team in the Gold Cup or the World Cup, you you got you you've got to get those guys on the field with Pulisic and Adams and McKinney and Carter Vickers and those guys that are going to be there at the 2022 World Cup starting. You know that 
ideally you're starting 11 includes those guys. And if you don't get Sargent and Weah on that, and, you know, the excuse they use is, well, Weah and Sargent haven't been getting a whole lot of time at the club, so we don't want to, you know, run them ragged with the national team. And it's like, well, you know, do you, do you, you know. Run them ragged somewhere because they're talented. Let's <laughs> develop them. Absolutely. You develop them. And then, you know, if it doesn't work out, you can say, okay, well, Weah and Sargent don't work on the field together. Now we can pull back out the door as a lone striker and see if he plays better with, with, you know, Wea on the wing because Wea is a wing. I mean, he's played striker for PSG and I know he's played some for Celtic, but that guy's a winger. Um, I think yeah. he's been playing out of position, which is part of his, his problem. And Sargent is a great lone striker. I mean, you see when he gets on the field for Warner Bremen, I mean, he's great. Um, yeah. but not seeing those guys with Adams and McKinney and Pulisic and all the young guys is disheartening for sure. Yes, yes, it is disheartening. U.S. men's national team can get a little depressing at the end if I'm talking about it too long. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you missed the last World Cup and just everything. You know, the selections for that team were just, you know, questionable from the get-go, and they kind of looked apathetic on the field. It was so heartbreaking. Like, everything had to break in the wrong direction for them. Costa Rica had to lose to, like, Honduras. Mexico had to lose to Panama. We had to let uh, tire lose to Trinidad. Like all the stars aligned, we should have been in. Absolutely, but then you you know you question if you get in, how does that starting eleven, how does that eighteen even play? Um, sure, because they didn't they didn't play well in qualifying. I mean, they won their fair share of games and they they came away with points, but you know they just didn't they didn't look comfortable with each other on the pitch. And like you said earlier, yeah. chemistry is everything in soccer. You know, it, you could, and you look at Man U. Man U has some of the most talented players in the world, but that chemistry has been lacking for years, and they haven't been really. I mean, relevant is a is a harsh term, but they really haven't been. Um, and that's why you, you know, it, as frustrating as it is to be a Tottenham supporter and knowing the transfer window is going to come and they're not going to buy anybody. There you and, go. Yeah, but that chemistry's there. You know, Deli Ali and, and, and Harry Kane play yeah. so well together, and Lucas plays well with those guys. And, oh, Lucas you know, finally had a good game last week. Finally. It's been a, it's been a, he's been out of form for a while, which has been concerning. But, long time. you know, yeah. Tottenham has unfortunately dealt with a lot of injuries this year, a lot of guys picking oh, yeah. up knocks. Um, and yeah. for them to still be in the top four is pretty impressive to me. Yeah, it is, but the uh, recent stretch of form is painful to watch. It's been a slow burn for a little while here. And I, and I think that, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, um, guys like, you know, Kane and Lucas and Ali and, and Hugo Loris and Will Trippier, and those guys know that they need something. You know, they need probably another midfielder. They probably need a true winger. They probably need another guy in the back four. And if, if Loris does not play, you know, better towards the end of the year, you have to think about maybe trying to go find you a young goalkeeper as well. Um, yeah. You know, he's What's been kind of... Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to know how to say his name, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah, right. I'm, yeah, I'm terrible with names. The only reason I can pronounce Deli Ali correctly is, is the, you know, supporters chant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know... Well, go ahead. Uh, no, go for it, go ahead. I'm just saying, you know, I hope that at the end of the season, you know, the front office of Tottenham and the manager get together and say, look, you know, it's been, what, three or four transfer windows since they've made a splash. It might be time, you know. 
Man U's going to have money now. New stadium. It's got to be time this summer. Yeah, there's no excuses because if you're going to keep pace with Arsenal, who's going to get better because they do. You know, say what you want about Ars Wenger. I mean, and I probably butchered his name there because, again, I suck at names. But, you know, even before he – English names, and I don't feel like I'm expected to. I say something (laughs) wrong on the podcast. It's just – it's terrible. It's just what they know. They know who we're talking about. But even before he left Arsenal, he would go get guys. You know, say what you want about his, you know, tactical, you know, and his formations and how he played with those. But he went and got guys, and it's the same. You know, Man U's gonna go spend money now. They got the manager they want. They want to keep Pogba no matter what, and now they're gonna go spend the money. And Manchester City, we all know, if they need something, money's not an obstacle. So, you know, Liverpool's getting better. And Liverpool's relatively young, so they're not going anywhere. They'll add. So if Tottenham wants to be serious about staying in the top four, maybe winning the Premier League, they, they're going to have to go make moves. Yes, that's preach, preach. I mean, that's all true. If they want to keep Harry Kane, they got to make moves. Like, please don't Absolutely. waste this man's youth and talent <laughs> and star Absolutely. power. Exactly. What, what do you think of Erickson lately? Um... You know, I, and I might be in the minority here. I've never been infatuated with Christian Erickson. Um, Interesting. I, I like what he brings. I mean, obviously, he's a good player. He's always in good form. He always puts out the effort. Um, it just seems like he's touch and go. You know, it, you know, he'll go on a streak of three or four matches where he might be the best player on the field for Tottenham. And then he disappears for a while. And it's like, is he still there? And it's like, yeah, there he is. And it's just, yeah. and I don't, you know, I don't know if that's something tactically. Lately, that, lately he's disappeared, just disappeared. Yeah, and I think he was there's a stretch earlier in the season where he was dominant, beautiful. When he's on, there's no one prettier to watch out there. But I think a lot of this slide is because of his poor, you know, poorer play. Oh, for sure. And Erickson's one of those players that when he's playing poorly, he knows he's playing poorly. And then it gets into yeah. his head. He's almost like, you know, like oh, for sure. You know, you you have a couple of games in a tournament or a couple of league games back-to-back as a kid, and you know you haven't played well. It starts to leak in. You start to let it, you know, affect you multiple times yeah. over. And Erickson's the same way. You know, when Erickson's on form and he's playing well, you're right. There's not a prettier guy on that field to watch. Especially with the ball at his feet, he's a he's a danger from anywhere to take a shot, and they're always on target. Yeah, they're so, perfect. Yeah, but uh, he's very good. But yes, but you know, and a part of it, I think he doesn't really have a great pairing in the midfield in the center midfield with him. Um, again, that's why I think you know if Totten can go find yeah. him a left winger, you know they can push Deli Ali into the center with Christian Eriksen, and then other other clubs have a problem. You know, especially yeah, if they learn to interchange yeah. together with Ali and Erickson on the wing, you got Kane up and Lucas up top, or I'm sorry, Erickson and Ali in the center and Lucas and Kane up top. You know, that's a whole different ball game than having to put Delhi on the wing where, you know, don't get me wrong, he's great on the wing, but he's a central midfielder. Yes. And, it, you know, he's an attacking right. central midfielder. That's where he's most he's, comfortable. He's smart on the attack and, and calculated, you know. He's, he's very good with the ball to see in, on offense especially. And he's one of those players that, you know, you watch him play and he may not look as impressive as you think he does until you really start to really watch 
and you see the way he moves and floats, and you know he doesn't look like he has a ton of pace, but he has a ton of pace. Right. He looks I mean, awkward. He, just, he almost looks, he looks awkward at times. You know. Yeah, we. I mean, I joke with some of my buddies that he looks bow legged. I mean, he runs like yeah. he's bow legged, but then you yeah. see him just you see him blast past defenders, and it's like, oh, okay, this guy's just floating on the field. And if yeah. you have that centrally yeah, next to Eric, oh, for sure, that guy is so he's so smart above his years. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. My hope with him is they don't make the same mistake they made with Gareth Bale, which is why I became a Tottenham supporter. I watched Gareth Bale twice, and I was like, well, this is my club. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, they should. We had a have, you know, about him last time. You should give it a listen. We were, we're we were worshiping. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, I, and I've listened to a couple of your guys' podcasts. I'll definitely have to listen to that one. But yeah, that's why I became a Tottenham supporter was Gareth Bale, and I watched him walk because they supposedly couldn't afford him. But it's kind of hard for me to believe you can't afford him when a couple of years later, and obviously it's years after you're building a brand new stadium and you're. You know, you you got guys like Harry Kane and Ali and, and Erickson and Lucas on this team and Will Trippier. Yeah, but and part of that, part of that is because of the money they got for Gareth Bale, they were able to spend. Like between him and Modric, they sold those two for so much money that it, you know it was just so good for the club. Even though at the time it felt painful, you know, it did grow the club a lot to sell them. Yeah, maybe I'm dating. I'll look at you're 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 right, and I'm probably just jaded and not looking at it like that because you know you you. You become a fan okay. of a club because of a certain player that he seems sold. It's like, oh, yeah. man, like, you know, who do I turn to now? And like you said, you know, Luca was gone shortly after. And it's like, okay. Um, <laughs> but then you see the moves they make, and it's great. But, again, I, I mean, guess the before. I, I didn't actually watch back then, but I can imagine that Modric-Bale uh, combo is really, really fun to watch and become a fan of. Oh, for sure. With both of them, I mean, Bale's pace is on another level. And actually, I I played against Gareth Bale in a – uh Yeah, I played in a friendly in Hawaii as a U13 wow. um, against Gareth Bale. And that's when he was still playing left back for uh, for Wales. Um, that's amazing. I didn't obviously – yeah, I, also, I honestly didn't realize at the time who that was. And I didn't realize it for years after I watched him play. But then my dad, you know, goes through – some stuff, and he found a program from uh, that they handed out to all the parents that made the trip to Hawaii to see this little international friendly tournament. And it was like inter squad, a a squad, b squad. Yeah, yeah. go to Hawaii <laughs> for sure. And come to find out, yeah, Gareth Bale was there, and of course, um, you know, incredible. we yeah, we didn't. I think they were the only European team there, and of course, Wales has always been smaller. Um, sure. But yeah, but I think you know it was it was mostly the the Concacaf clubs, and then all of a sudden you know you see Wales on the program. It was kind of weird, but yeah, it was kind of cool knowing all on the same pitch as him. And you know, you think back and you're like, yeah, that was that really fast you know kid who we just couldn't handle. And of course, we sure. we, we struggled in that tournament, obviously. But yeah, it's kind of cool. Little things like that are cool, especially in soccer. You know, you never knew who he play against or who you get to watch. And you know, unfortunately, you know, I'll circle back to Cincinnati. We go on vacation June 22nd. And, of course, the Galaxy come to FC Cincinnati on June 22nd. So, uh, I will, good. yeah, I will miss Zlatan most likely, although he says he doesn't want to play on turf. So, we'll I just have to see. But, um, yeah, it's, oh, it's kind of cool. Turf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're – uh, Grass or that's uh, turf what it is? Well, for now, it's just – it's that really nice synthetic turf, which is almost like grass. Um, I know the national the national team will be here in June, I believe, for the ninth 
uh, for the International Friendly, Cincinnati was awarded that game. Um, if they play it at Nippert, where FC Cincinnati plays, they're going to have to put in a grass pitch because the national team will not play on turf. So they're kind of making inroads to try to get that done. Gotcha. All right. That's cool. That's neat. Anyway, uh, I got to get going here. Um, do you have any final thoughts? And it was actually, it was a, it was a thrill to talk to you. I would definitely do this anytime. And we'll get Absolutely. you out the boys if you're interested. For sure. We can definitely, you know, talk, you know, national team and that's Cincinnati and Premier League except for Arsenal because they can go to hell. Um, but, yeah, I guess lastly, the only thing I'll say is, um, you know, when it comes to FC Cincinnati, I think we just need to give this club a chance. And, again, like we talked about before, hopefully they put their best 11 on the field because, you know, we didn't see Kenny safe Saturday and that kind of raised some eyebrows. And then when it comes to the national team, just hope we see the young boys, um, you know, in important international friendlies play on the same pitch. And then with Tottenham, just, you know, finish out the year, finish in the top four, and then maybe in the summer window, they, they've got to bring in some more talent. Um, if I think – the supporters have kind of got apathetic, and if you don't bring in more talent again, this is probably going to be the third or fourth transfer window in a row. You're going to see some really upset supporters. Yeah. I wonder if that's in Erickson's head at all right now as well. Maybe. Um, you know, like I, like we talked about, he is temperamental. So if he's, you know, catching some wins inside the building where he may be sold and they may be bringing in more youth and more talent to his position, it may be affecting his play. I'd like yeah. to think that that he's part of the plan going forward was, you know, like we talked about moving Ali into the center um, and getting some true wingers and maybe a center back and maybe a, you know, a younger goalkeeper, you know, in case Loris, you know, his form does not get better, but um, hopefully Tottenham bring in some talent in the summer window because they could definitely use, uh, use some youth and uh, some more talent, some more depth. Amen. Amen to all that. Travis, it was nice talking to you. Uh, yeah, we'll do it again sometime. Retort or support. Retort. More support than retort. More support than retort. More support than retort. Retort or support. Retort. More support than retort.